Good evening and welcome to West Seattle Christian Church. If you're new, welcome. If not, welcome back. And uh, I just want to wish you all a very Merry Christmas Eve. Now, normally we would all be together in the church building right now. And there would be twinkly Christmas lights and wreaths and Christmas trees and garland and music and carols. And obviously we have the carols here, but we would also have coffee and cocoa and cider and a bunch of yummy treats and we would be together. And this year is different, obviously. So I hope as you're watching and listening that you are situated in a place with that kind of ambiance. And hopefully you're watching this with your family, the whole family uh, sitting in your living room on the couch and maybe you're gathered near your tree and there are candles and you have something hot to drink and something yummy to eat because here's what we are gonna try to do tonight. Tonight we are going to imagine. And to do that, I want you to remember some of the words of Jesus in the scriptures where he told us to enter into the kingdom like a child. So what I want us all to do together, whether you're a a little kid or you're a big kid or you're an adult kid I'm gonna ask that all of you try to enter into a childlike state of imagination where we can experience the Christmas story in the profoundness of its simplicity and receive it with the wonder of a child my encouragement to you would be this don't miss this moment just receive it so I want to start with a question. Over the last month, how many of you have been looking at commercials or magazines, magazine ads, gadgets, uh, blogs online, Amazon wish lists, you know, every little thing that pops up in Facebook or Instagram, you click it. You're thinking about the toys and the gadgets that you want. want. And how many of you have that refrain from the Christmas song, <laughs> all I want for Christmas? I'm not talking about the two front teeth version. I'm talking about the all I want for Christmas is you version. I'm not going to sing it for you. Actually, let's, why don't we have a listen here? The version we've been listening to is from Gwyneth Stefani, but I think you might like this version as well. The thing is, this sentiment could be true, and it can be true as a love song or for something else that you might want. And it's fun, especially in that clip. But ultimately, it's not true because we always want more than that one thing that we say we want. We always want more than that to help make us feel satisfied. How many of you kids or adults have been looking at the presents underneath the tree and been trying to guess what's underneath the wrapping paper? Maybe you've felt them all out. Maybe you've shook them a little bit. Why? Why do we do that? Because we are anticipating that moment when you open the gift and you get to see what you've been given. What is it that you really wanted this Christmas? Maybe you need to pause the video and kids, you can tell your parents it might be an awkward moment because they didn't get you what you wanted and they're like, oh dang. But did you really truly think about it? Uh, did you tell anybody about it? And when I was a kid, there was this big buildup of anticipation for Christmas morning because that's when you got to open the presents. I remember one year waking up at like 3.30 in the morning, but I was old enough to think, gee, if I don't, if I, if, if, if I wake my parents up right now, I don't think they're gonna be very happy. So. Kids, try to stay asleep or at least stay in bed until about 7 a.m. So when you look at the clock, that's where there's a big number seven first. That's the first number. And that's when you know it's okay to go wake up mom and dad. Uh, so tonight, I'm going to talk to you as if you were all kids. This is really for the kids and adults. You can listen in. But after I opened all my presents and everything was said and done, and sometimes, sometimes, but not every time, sometimes 
after it was all over, I still felt a little down. It was, it was really weird. Even if I got everything I wanted, I, sometimes I was still a little bit sad for some reason, just not satisfied. For a long time, I used to think that I must be pretty ungrateful or maybe even a little spoiled, which sounds pretty terrible, don't you think? And, and that might have been part of it, but that was not all of it. What I realized as I've gotten older is that all of this buildup and anticipation of what I wanted for Christmas, that was really me looking for something. I was looking for something that would make me feel whole or complete or something that would make me feel satisfied. I was longing for something. Now, as I've gotten older, the things I thought would bring me satisfaction have actually changed. Now I truly deeply long for other things than toys or gadgets, even though I like those things too, just the same as most everybody else. Those are fun things. An example would be now though, that I long for peace, not just for me, but for a lot of other people. And I long, I long uh, for time with those I love and I long for justice uh, in the world and I long for rest. And kids, I wager a lot of your parents actually are out there longing for rest. Um, I don't know about you guys, but the longing that all of these longings ultimately point to, what I, what I figured out is that it's a longing for Jesus. Did you know that? Here's the thing. I'm going to let you in on a secret. Did you know that we all, all of us, have a spiritual and emotional hole in our hearts? And we keep trying to fill that hole with all kinds of stuff. At this time of year, it's like, I want to fill it with candy and cake and ice cream and eggnog and toys, video game systems and gadgets and, and gear and housewares and new furniture and cars and houses and devices and vacations and experiences. But there's only one person who can fill that, that hole in our hearts. And that person is Jesus. Jesus. Jesus is the only one who can comfort us when we're sad, if we're feeling lonely. Jesus is the only one who can make us feel less alone. Jesus is the person that we're all longing for. Now, if you look in the Bible, Jesus's birth and his coming to earth, it was all predicted in the Old Testament hundreds of times. And about 700 years before Jesus was even born, there was a prophet named Isaiah, and he tried to tell everyone that this person of Jesus was going to come, a Savior, a Messiah. And in Isaiah 9, uh, verse 2, it says, The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. And then in verse 6, it says, For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Now, can you imagine being in the dark? I mean, pitch black. You can't even see your hand in front of your face. And you're told that a light is coming. Light is going to show up, but you don't know when it's going to happen. That'd be really scary, wouldn't it? Here's another question. Can you imagine being told that you're gonna get the present that you've been most excited about or interested in, the one that you really, really want. Maybe a video game or a toy or an iPad or a Lego set, but you have no idea when that present is going to come. In fact, 
you may have to wait seven hundred years to see it. Which means that your great, 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 great grandchildren might see this gift. But you would be left longing for it. You wouldn't get to open it. You wouldn't get to receive it. You wouldn't get to unwrap it. How would that make you feel? Uh, sad? Hurt? I might even feel a little angry. You've, you've told me that I'm going to get this gift, but I don't actually get to get it. I don't get to unwrap it. I don't get to experience it. I don't get to see or feel or partake in the benefits of it. That would feel really, really unfair, wouldn't it? Or really hard. So Isaiah told the Jewish people that a baby would be born to them that would take away their pain and their sin, and it would bring them peace. So I can imagine if someone that I trusted told me that this was gonna happen, then I'd really be longing for it. I'd, be, I'd have a lot of anticipation. I would definitely wanna see it in my lifetime. But God's people, they had to wait thousands of years before this baby showed up. So wait, waiting. If everyone has this emotional and spiritual hole in the hearts that only God can feel. To me, it feels really sad and lonely that it took so long for Jesus to arrive. But you know what? Because we know that God is faithful and he keeps all of his promises, Jesus does indeed show up, doesn't he? And that's why we have a Christmas Eve worship service each year, the night before his birthday. Now, Isaiah, he told the people of God in Isaiah chapter 7 that a young woman who had never been married would give birth to a son and she was to call him Emmanuel which means God with us can you even imagine can you just suspend reality for a minute a minute and imagine this imagine being a 16 year old great 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 granddaughter of King David and You've definitely heard about Isaiah's words, uh, and at least you've heard about them in church, and all of a sudden, you're minding your own business, and an angel shows up in your room. And the angel says, hey, do you remember the story from Isaiah about a virgin having a baby that's going to change the world? And the 16-year-old is like, pick her jaw up off the floor and realizes there actually is an angel in her room, and she's probably like, um, yeah? And the angel says, Tag, you're it. You're the one. The baby who's going to change the world and save everyone from their sins. You're going to carry him in your womb, and he's going to be your son. Can you imagine? Can you imagine how she must have felt? Do you think she would have felt happy? Maybe. Probably more like terrified. She, she knew the words of Isaiah, but she had no idea that those 700-year-old words would be about her, that she would be the person to bring Jesus into the world. It's pretty incredible, and it's pretty unbelievable, and it's definitely terrifying. And yet, she says, okay, let's do this. Let's paraphrase. So on the night that Jesus was born, in the middle of a census, which a census is just a time where everyone had to show up in their hometown and say, okay, I'm still here, count me. That night that Jesus was born, Joseph, he must, he must have forgotten to make reservations for a place to stay during the census. 
Have your parents ever forgotten to make a reservation for anything? Like maybe not for a hotel, that would be hard to do if you're planning a trip and you forgot to do that, but have they ever forgotten an appointment? Have they ever uh, forgotten something special? Mm, no? Well, okay, you must have awesome parents. Well, anyway, Mary didn't have a bed to lay down in, and I'm sure she was not happy. After a while, the man said, I don't have any room in my home, but you can stay where my animals hang out in the barn. And so Mary and Joseph, they didn't have any other options. So they went and got comfy by the cows and sheep. And Jesus was born right there in the middle of a barn. Mary laid the savior of the world in a feeding trough. And there wasn't any fanfare and there was no twinkly lights. And there was no Christmas tree and there were no presents. And there was no music. There was no decorations, just a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying where the cows eat. John 1, 14 tells us a really weird thing. It, um, this is in a version of the Bible I really like to read, just to hear it a little bit differently sometimes. And it says this, the word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. What you need to know is that John calls Jesus the word. So he's saying, Jesus became flesh and blood. He became a human and he, and he moved into the neighborhood. Jesus finally came. Can you imagine? God became a human in the form of a baby named Jesus. The crazy thing is that when Jesus showed up, even though they had heard all about that story from Isaiah, God's people didn't recognize him. Maybe they forgot what Isaiah had said, but they didn't know Jesus. That Jesus, this, this little baby, was the long-awaited Emmanuel, God with us. They didn't know that God's promise was finally being kept. Now, there's a phrase in a lot of Christmas songs that says, God incarnate. So, okay, kids, I want you to pause the video right now. Tell your parents what you think God incarnate means, and then unpause it again in a second, and we'll go over it. Now that phrase, God incarnate, means that God, the God of the universe, became a man. How many of you remember that song? There's a Christmas hymn, and it's called Hark the Herald Angels Sing. I'm sure a lot of you know it. In that song, you probably don't remember this line, but there's a line that says, Veiled in flesh, the Godhead see, hail the incarnate deity. What does all that mean? It's a bunch of fancy words in a nice song, but what it means is that our God became one of us to show us how to live and to show us how to love, to give his life so that we could spend forever with him. The longing that everyone had, the longing that's in everyone's hearts could finally be filled. Now, next, and I'm almost done. Hang with me, kids. God did something really cool next. After Jesus was born, he decided he wanted to tell some people. God wanted to tell some people that his son had been born, that a savior had been born, the Messiah had finally arrived. Do you remember who God told first? Here's a clue. That's the shepherds. That's right. He could have told anybody. God could have told anybody. But he told the shepherds first. He didn't choose to tell the religious leaders of the Jewish people or anyone else. He, he could have told 
the president or the government leaders at that time or celebrities. But who did he choose to tell? He told poor teenage shepherds who were living out in the fields. The shepherds then went on a search for Jesus. Even though they were just teenagers, the shepherds were longing for something or someone too. And then the angel said to them, I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Not just some of the people, but for all of the people. Today, in the town of David, which is in Bethlehem, a Savior has been born to you, the Messiah, the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Now, let's use our imaginations again. If you can imagine if you were a homeless teenage shepherd, how you might feel if your whole life you've been longing for that hole in your heart to be filled and an angel showed up to tell you that the Savior is finally here and it's a baby lying in a feeding trough. Now, it would have taken these shepherds about 40 minutes to go, 30 to 40 minutes to go from where we think the shepherds were to where we think Jesus was born, which is a place called, if today it's called the, the Church of the Nativity. It's a little over a mile and a half over very hilly country. My guess is that the shepherds didn't just walk, they probably ran part of the way too to try and get there faster. It's about how long it would take if you live here in West Seattle. It would, it would take you that long to walk from, say, Met Market up in Admiral down to Husky Deli in the junction. But there would be a lot more hills up and down on that route. But can you imagine the joy on Mary and Joseph's faces when they see these raggedy teenagers show up all out of breath, looking for a baby that is lying in a manger wrapped in swaddling clothes? The shepherds, just imagine this for a moment. The shepherds probably said, you're not going to, they probably came in all breathless. You're not going to believe this. We just ran here. We're, we were out in the fields minding our own business when these angels showed up. And when they, when they showed up, I nearly fainted over there. And Ben over there, he probably, he peed his pants a little bit. And Big Tom, well, he, he just ran away. We don't know where he is right now, but he sure missed out. And the angel told us that we would find you here, that we would find the Messiah, the Savior here in Bethlehem, lying in this manger. And here he is. I can't believe it. You know what else? I bet I bet Mary and Joseph finally thought, this is, this is all really true. I mean, I know Mary's probably thinking this is all really true because she's a virgin and that kind of thing. But Joseph, we already know he had doubts in the beginning. He's probably going, what is going on here? And then all of a sudden, these raggedy teenager shepherds show up. And he's probably thinking, there are others who believe I'm sure they were so relieved. I'm sure they were so thankful to know that they were not alone in this. The shepherds were the very first to seek and to find Jesus. They were the first to realize that Jesus was there to satisfy their longings. They believed the angels and they went and found Jesus. So this Christmas, as you prepare to open your gifts, I want you to be aware of your longings, kids. Remember, longings are something that we can get a taste of or a touch of but on this side of heaven we will never really experience them to the full what it what is it that you can say in earnest about uh, that you really want all i want for christmas is and then you fill in the blank you want a taste of that but it's not going to fill you up forever the very real longings that we all have for security and peace and rest and for right and good and true things to happen to and for everyone are very good things, but 
even those point to our deepest yearning, our most profound and true longing, which is for the presence of God found in Jesus. So when you're longing for Christmas to be more fulfilling, remember that God, he never designed our gifts or our decorations or movies or food or even another person to fulfill us, ultimately. Jesus is the gift that you can receive that will satisfy your deepest longing. And I can guarantee it to you. If you receive the gift of Jesus, there's not going to be any disappointment or sadness after you receive him. Instead, you will experience joy and peace and contentment. Now, as I mentioned earlier, we are all longing to fill that hole in our hearts. And when we feel like we're longing for something or someone, that's the Holy Spirit trying to guide us to Jesus. Maybe this Christmas, no matter what toys or gadgets are under your tree or my tree, maybe you, maybe each of you will experience the fulfillment of your longing heart because you've chosen to follow Jesus. So thank you, kids, and thank you, adults, for listening and watching this evening. I'm very glad you did. Now we're going to pray. And, and if any of you would like to receive that gift of Jesus, I hope that you do that today. And I hope, kids, that if, if that's something you want to do, that you tell your mommy and you tell your daddy too. And if any of the adults watching or listening would also like to receive that gift, because everything I said today is true for you too, then I invite you to pray with me right now. Let's pray. God, we are so, so thankful for the gift that you have given us in Jesus. We are thankful that he is the gift that ultimately satisfies our deepest longing in our hearts. There is no gift, no toy, no gadget, no food, no decoration, no movie, no other person that can ultimately satisfy our deepest longing. God, I pray that all of us would embrace the gift of Jesus today, that we would all desire to follow you and give our lives to you. Help us know what that looks like. Prompt us with your Holy Spirit, even now, to seek to follow you today, Jesus. We pray all these things in your name. Amen.